Great to be here. We're going to open up our Bibles to Philippians chapter 1. And uh, we're going to be looking at the first 11 verses of that passage. It's going to take a bit of a different approach this morning. Uh, instead of preaching sort of what the text has to say, I'm going to kind of use the text as a launch pad to say a few things personally to you. This is a very personal letter to the Philippians by Pastor or by, by uh, the Apostle Paul. And uh, so I'm going to get, say some personal things to you as a church. Um, <clears throat> the book, the le- letter to the Philippians is very personal, very friendly. It's not about, you know, correcting doctrine like Paul normally does when he writes to churches. It's not about setting things straight. It's not about giving lots of advice. It's more of a, a thank you note, actually. He's saying, hey, thanks. Thanks for being a great congregation. Um, so notice the way it starts. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. Very simple uh, address, probably the most simple uh, authorship address in all the New Testament. Um, normally Paul starts his letters with a very authoritative, you know, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. You know, he's, he's calling upon his, his authority as a leader in the church uh, and then giving giving advice. And so you notice all the, all the references at the bottom there, you know, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, and Titus, all start this way with this authoritative Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. But Philippians is kind of conspicuous for its absence. It's just not there. So right from the get-go, this letter has kind of a different attitude, different tone. There's no, no appeal to authority. It's all very personal. He's on such good terms with them, he doesn't have to pull rank, as it were. Um, and I think he's also kind of deferring to the, the uh, leadership, the, the uh, elders and the deacons uh, referred to in the second part of the, this verse. Uh, he's he's kind of saying, you know, those guys, they're the real le- leaders of your church. They're the authority in your church. Uh, they're the ones who I'm addressing my letter to. Uh, uh, so it's not just this guy that shows up once in a while to encourage you that you should be listening to. It's your leaders, your elders, your deacons. Listen to them. <clears throat> this is a, a faithful church led by faithful leaders. Um, and so that's you know, really the credentials are them. But Paul and, Tim, Paul and Timothy, he does introduce himself with some credentials. He says, servants of Jesus Christ. The word is, in the Greek is doulos, which is a, a word that really means slave. It's, it's like he's, he says, I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. I do whatever he, he tells me to do. And it's kind of a derogatory title to call yourself a, a servant of somebody. That, you know, I'm a slave of so-and-so's. But Paul wears this title with pride. It's not because of the rank it's because of who he serves that makes that rank a very positive rank, as it were. It's because he's serving Jesus Christ. And so he wears the title as honor. And it jives well with the amazing chapter 2 of Philippians. Remember what's in Philippians chapter 2? It's, it's all about who Jesus Christ was and how he didn't uh, consider equality with God something to be grasped, but became a servant. So it's all about the humility of Jesus Christ and that Jesus Christ became a servant for everybody. And so when Paul introduces himself, he doesn't take for granted his role as, as the apostle. He, 
he kind of takes the idea like, well, if Jesus didn't take his credentials as something he hung on to, why should Paul? You know, why should he? So he doesn't introduce himself that, that way. <clears throat> Paul is really uh, demonstrating or modeling the humility of Christ. And I never realized something that almost half of Paul's letters are co, uh, either co-written or co-sponsored by Timothy. I, I, I don't know if you knew that, but like Second um, Corinthians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, and Philemon, Philemon all bear the name Timothy, Paul and Timothy. And I didn't know that. So Timothy's name is set right alongside with Paul's. Normally Paul is sort of like, you know, I'm the apostle and this is my beloved brother Timothy. Or this is my son Timothy, whom I love in the Lord. And, but here he's like, no, we're both slaves of Christ. We're both servants of Christ. And we write this letter together. And so there's this unity. Um, but, but Timothy has never been an apostle. Uh, he's never called an apostle in, in the Bible, at least. Sometimes some of the churches hold him as, as an apostle. But he's never called that in the Bible. And he, yet he's placed an equal footing with the great apostle, Paul, because they were both servants of Jesus Christ. And so this morning, I humbly suggest that I too am a partner with Paul and Timothy and a servant of Jesus Christ. Um, and so I would like to address myself to God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Eastgate Alliance Church, together with all the overseers and deacons. Maybe I could paraphrase it to read this. Bill Butenwerf, servant of Christ, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Eastgate Alliance, together with the elders and the pastoral care associates. We don't have deacons, we have pastoral care associates, so... This is what I want to share with you this morning. I want to share a blessing to you, and I want to share some encouragement to you. Uh, Paul and Timothy and I, we're not saying, uh, so, I'm sorry, this, this was addressed to, um, do I have it? Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Do I have that next slide? Yes, I do. So that's the next verse. Paul says, it's, it's Paul and Timothy Servants of Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> oh, I remember what I was going to say earlier. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Let's go back to the other slide. <clears throat> yeah, he's addressing this to God's holy people in Christ Jesus. Now, is this a special class? of people at Philippians, that's, that's there, the holy ones, and then the rest of the people at Philippians, he's not addressing those people? No, not, not at all. He's basically saying to the holy people or the saints, he's calling everybody in the church holy and saints. And it's the same thing here at Eastgate Alliance Church. If you've been saved today, if you are in Christ, then you are de facto God's holy people. You see... It's those who are in Christ who have become holy. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we ask Christ to forgive us our sins and become a believer, we instantly become holy. Now, not all of our, all the sins instantly get erased. Well, they do get erased from our life, but it doesn't mean we, we stop sinning completely. Sins do happen after that. But 
In God's eyes, we are seen as holy because Christ has washed away all of our sins and made us holy. And so, I'm addressing this to God's holy people here in, in, uh, in our church. <clears throat> and so the first thing he says to them is, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, every week I give a benediction. I often raise my hands like this and I give a benediction. And I often give the, the one that the priests were supposed to give in the Old Testament. And I truly believe that I'm not doing this out of formality. I'm not doing this out of, you know, some, oh, it's kind of cool to end the service this way. I'm doing this because I believe that God does, in fact, use those words to bless the people. That God does, in fact, take the blessing of the, of the pastor or the servant of Christ and bless the people with those words. Um, the benediction that I often use that Moses told the priests to give to the children of Israel is the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord uh, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And this is the next verse in, in Numbers chapter set, uh, 6. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. In other words, what God is saying is when the priest or the pastor or whoever blesses the people this way, God is doing something supernatural at that time to bless the people. He's putting his name on them. And so, my friends, just like Paul said to the Philippian church, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful thing. Grace is, is where is unmerited favor, you know. Uh, I remember when, when uh, Wolfgang, I remember the neighbor backed into Wolfgang's car, put a big dent in the door. And the neighbor's like, oh, no, how much do I owe you? And Wolfgang said to the neighbor, he said, oh, don't worry about it. That's grace. It's just, you know, just giving it, say, hey, you know, you don't, don't worry about it. It's an old car. Don't worry about it. Uh, what an awesome thing. And this is what grace means. Grace is God's unmerited favor where he forgives us. And peace, peace is that sense that no matter how much turmoil there is in the, in the world, there's peace here. And this is what, God, what Paul gives to the Philippians. This is what I give to you. Um, and then Paul goes on in verse 3. I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day unto now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, we've talked about this before, but I want to talk about it in a different way. This is really the core of what I want to sh share with you this morning. I thank God every time I remember Eastgate and you people and all the people that are watching online. I thank God when I think of you. I just am blessed by this church so much. I want to, I really love the people of Eastgate. I really do. I thank God for all of you. You know, October is Pastoral Appreciation Month, right? And, and I get all these cards from the congregation that uh, say, oh, thanks for being a great pastor, and we love listening to you, and thanks for your care, and blah, 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 blah. It's very nice to receive all that. And at Christmas time, people send me cards and gifts. I'm not a great card or gift person, so I'm, I apologize for not getting back to you all. But I'm trying to make up for that this morning. Okay? Because 
uh, I really do appreciate all of you. And this is, today is my thank you note to Eastgate Alliance Church. So I know it's not a note. It's a sermon, I guess. It's just what I want to share with you. Uh, because it, there isn't a Congregation Appreciation Month or a Congregation Appreciation Sunday. So I have to make one up. And we'll call today Congregation Appreciation Month. Thank you for being awesome. <laughs> you are so awesome. You are my friends. You are my joy. I love the way you fellowship with one another. You fellowship with me. Uh, I, uh, I love the fact that sometimes after the worship service, I'm here about, uh, at least before COVID, I'm here like an hour after the worship service is over. And there's still about 50 people in the foyer still chatting up a storm. You guys love to fellowship with one another. and Man, it really is nasty to have COVID break that up. But we love each other. And I love the way you love. Um, thank you for this, uh, the, the fellowship. Thank you for inviting my wife and I into your home so often. We go going out for dinner with you, uh, fellowshipping over meals, uh, over just time together, inviting our kids into your home when they were younger. We just have felt loved uh, by this congregation. Thanks for welcoming me, me as a young man into this role as senior pastor. I was only 34 years old when you invited me to be the senior pastor of the church. I look back and I go like, man, I live it. I was just, I didn't know anything about being a senior pastor. I'd never done that before. And uh, you put a lot of, uh, a lot of trust in me. And thank you for that. I really appreciate it. I was honored by that role. Thanks for being partners, for caring with me caring for weak and marginalized people. This church is amazing when it comes to caring for weak and marginalized people. I love this. I think this is the best part about Eastgate Alliance Church, the way they care for people. I think of Agape Ministry or the Pastoral Care Associates. They go around bringing food to people's house and saying, hey, we appreciate you, and we heard you were having trouble. And I'm just like, that's awesome. Uh, I, I think of arm-in-arm leaders who, who are caring for people who've been uh, harassed or abused or neglected, tossed aside. And arm-in-arm just comes along and picks them up and says, hey, you're important. You're important to me as a person. And we're going to care for you and we're going to help you get back on your feet. Uh, <clears throat> I, I thank God for Double Double and 7-Up ministries. These are ministries to the marginalized and, and these, the people who run these ministries, they're like amazing people. I've watched them in action. And, and just, you know, I've watched them do this talent show, you know. And uh, the talent wasn't really great. But you would think it was the grandest performance ever imaginable on the face of the earth by the way the leaders talked about how appreciative they were for these people. It's just amazing. Um, and so, I love it that Eastgate cares for people who normally falls through the cracks. And I want to say thank you for reaching out to the downtrodden. This is my favorite part of Eastgate Alliance Church. Like I said, thank you for being awesome. <laughs> uh, and thanks for all of you who participated in, in Grief Share. Just caring for people who are grieving is amazing. 
And it's been a great, amazing, amazing ministry. Thank you to the elders, the pastoral care associates, who've worked so hard during the pandemic to call the people from the congregation. You know, they each have a list of like 20 people that they're calling. Like, I don't know how, how often you get a call, but I hope you've gotten some calls from our pastoral care associates and our elders because they care. And they know that people are um, struggling through this pandemic and they've been calling people. Um, so I hope you've got some calls. You know, some of you have gotten them regularly, other of you once in a while. Depends whose list you're on, I guess. I'm not sure. But I just love the fact that our, our leadership cares about people. Um, I want to thank the visitation team. They do amazing amounts of work. Thousands of hours go into visiting people who are struggling in life. Uh, and I just want to thank, thank them. Uh, I want to thank all of you who are unsung heroes. Um, oh man, I see so many that I could, I could point out, but they'd be embarrassed. So I'm not going to point them out. But there are people who nobody really knows how much they help other people. They're not part of some ministry. They just do ministry because of their calling by God directly on their life. And they go around helping people. And I love that. That's so amazing. The love that they show one another is amazing. Thanks for accepting our homegrown leadership. Josh, Debbie, Jennifer, uh, um, what's his name? Jacques. These, these guys came from within our congregation. And so you all know them. I mean, I've known Joshua since he was five. <laughs> and now he's a pastor here. It's amazing. Thank you for being gracious enough to do that. And I love the fact that all of these people, when they became pastors here, were voted in. And the vote was almost unanimous every time. That's a lot of caring. That's a lot of trust for the people you know. Paul says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Do you know you guys give me a lot of joy? I love being here. Now, this is an amazing statement by Paul. I mean, he's in prison. And and do you remember his time in Philippi? Do you remember what happened to him? There was this girl who was screaming out after them and bothering their ministry the whole time. There was this... And, and, and then they got... They got beat up, terribly flogged, and thrown in prison there. And yet Paul says, hey, I have joy in remembering you. Because he doesn't remember getting flogged and beaten up and thrown in prison. What does he remember? He remembers Lydia's family coming to know the Lord. He remembers the, the slave girl being freed from the demonic power. He remembers the prison doors opening and the jailer coming to faith in Christ along with his whole family. It's amazing. So... You know, when I think back of Eastgate, yes, there's a few hiccups along the way, but not very many. Most of it's all like people becoming stronger in the Lord, people growing in grace. And I, I just have a lot of joy every time I remember Eastgate Alliance Church and all of the people here and all the people that are watching online. I love you guys. It's, it's awesome. Thank you for the way you bring joy into my life. Um, now, Paul says that he's always joyful in all his prayers. I'm not Paul, okay? I, I sometimes pray with concern. Sometimes I pray with frustration. So I'm not as holy as Paul. Um, but 
I want you to know, it does bring me joy when I think about Eastgate Alliance Church. In fact, I brag about these, this church to my colleagues sometimes. And sometimes I feel kind of bad and guilty when I brag about all the great people that are in our church. Because I know other, other pastors, you know, they complain about the people in their church. And I'm like, man, I've got such a great church. I never complain about these people. They're amazing. And so, so thank you for bringing joy into my life. Um, Paul says that the joy he has is because the people in Philippi were partners with him right from the first day until now. Uh, next slide. In verse 5 there, you can see that. Partnership in the, in the gospel. I love this fact. You know, one of my great goals in life is to win as many people to Christ as I possibly can. And uh, I'd like, I'd love to have a thousand sheaves brought into the kingdom uh, through my ministry. I don't think I'm there yet, not, not by quite a ways. But you've been partners with me in this so many times. I love the Alpha Course, constantly um, bringing in new people into that Alpha Course. We ran that thing for, I don't know, Naya and George ran it and other people ran it, but I, we, had, we probably had 12, 15 of these things. And every time, at least one person came to know Christ, sometimes three, four, five. This is awesome. Partnership in the gospel. I love it. Uh, new believers courses, street outreach ministry. We've had some people go out. Evangelism explosion. Remember those times? I was just telling someone the other day when we had like, I think we had about 13 people. And it was 13 weeks that we ran the, the Evangelism Explosion course. And every night, we would go out to the malls or we'd go somewhere and we'd share our faith. And you know, every single night of those 13 weeks, somebody came to know the Lord. Somebody was led through the, the, uh, the prayer to receive Christ. Uh, it wasn't like we would go out in groups of two or three. And what, no one group did all of that. Every, every day, every night, it was a different group. It was so exciting, amazing. Um, then there was these th- Thanksgiving and, and Christmas outreaches where the gospel was presented. Uh, vision school ministry. I love that passion for missions, getting the gospel out. The the uh, the bolstering of this vis- visionary missionary call on our church. It's amazing. Thank you for your partnership in the gospel. Hundreds of people have come to the Lord through your faithful service. Um, oh, I almost forgot. The biggest minist- outreach ministry of them all, summer day camp. Been amazing. You know, I, I'm telling you, the, the most awesome day of my life, I'm not sure it's the day I, I was, got married or the day I, I uh, got my first son, but th- this one day stands out as sort of my most awesome ministry day. You see... It was at summer day camp, and I was teaching the Bible stories. And it was on the Thursday, and I decided to give an altar call after my first uh, lesson. And about half the, half the class came forward, and I, I, I led all those kids through the, the prayer to receive Christ. And then I gave this, the, me, the same message to the next group, and half of them received Christ. And then the next group, and half of them received Christ. And then the next group, and half of them received Christ. That day, I led 48 children 
to the Lord in Christ, through the, the sinner's prayer. I'm just like, I was like, uh, you know, walking on sunshine. I was on cloud nine. I was, it was a high that never left me for like months. I was so excited. Why? Because I, it was sort of like a fulfillment of my dreams, leading people to Christ. But you know what? I wasn't alone in that endeavor. That was a partnership thing going on. I mean, there was all the, the whole congregation had gone out into their neighborhoods and into the byways and highways and invited children to come to church. I didn't do that. Maybe I did it for my street, but that's about it. Uh, then there was all these decorating, you know, the, decorating this, this place to look like the moon landing, decorating this place to look like an African safari, decorating this, this place to look like the, you know, underworld uh, sea world or, or a rescue station or, or a lava island, you know, volcanoes going off and all this crazy stuff. That was a lot of work. That was partnering with the gospel. Then there were all the, the young people and, and the young adults and, and the not-so-young adults all uh, working together, looking after these kids, playing games with them, feeding them, uh, ministering to them, praying with them. And then the other uh, ministry leaders who were sharing the gospel and, and leading kids to Christ. Uh, you know, almost every year, a dozen or two kids come to know Christ through our summer day camp. It just blows me away, the partnership we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for being amazing with that partnership. It's awesome. Um, then there are the other children's ministry. Awana, Pioneer Clubs, Backyard Clubs, Go and Tell, Sunday School, and now STEM Club. I mean, the list goes on and on. Amazing ministry. Do you know that most of my own children receive Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior because someone in the church took the time to share the gospel with them and lead them to faith in Jesus Christ? That's the legacy of this church. There are people constantly sharing the gospel here in children's ministry. It blows me away. So thank you, children's workers, for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. That was 29 years ago, the first day that I arrived here. And you've been faithful partners all that time. And I want to say thank you. Praise God for your partnership in the gospel. Then there are all the partners in youth ministry. I started my ministry here at Eastgate as a youth pastor. And now Josh is taking on that role. We've had other youth pastors. But always there's been others who've joined in with that ministry and just loved pouring out their lives for, for young people. You know... Young people don't get love by, you know, an hour or 20 minutes of interest in them once a week. They receive love when you actually connect with their lives, when you're actually finding out what's going on with them and you're encouraging them. I love the way uh, people have volunteered for youth ministry in this church and given sacrificially to that ministry. and the, and the quiz team, whether, you know, going away for youth retreats, taking a whole weekend and just giving yourself entirely to some young people. And the, the uh, quiz teams, they do this all the time. Like four times a, a year normally they go off to some quiz meet, use up a whole weekend listening to kids quote scriptures. It's pretty cool. Um, it's amazing. Connect groups, seniors ministry, care groups. Uh, prayer meetings, burning hearts, house of prayer, 
Uh, all partners in the gospel. The, the elders, the way they care for this church. You know, I've said this many times. I'm so appreciative of this elders board who have consistently considered other people better than themselves. Whenever there's, there's a disagreement on our board, it is just graciousness over and over again. I'm very thankful. I'm thankful for the worship teams that are partners in the gospel, that turn our attention and our thoughts. Uh, like this morning, wasn't it awesome? Just being able to worship God and all these people just helping us along to do that. I am so appreciative of that. Uh, talk about partnership in the gospels. And you know, there's so many more things I could thank God for. The the tech teams, the, the people who care for the lawn and care for the building and and they're all awesome. They're all partners. You know, there's one other thing I want to say thank you for. Because really, Paul's letter to the Ephesians was kind of a thanksgiving letter for this particular reason. And it's not found in chapter 1. It's found in chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 16 says, When I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your, get, your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I talked about that last week or two weeks ago. I have received full payment and I've had more than enough. I'm amply supplied now that I re- have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying... Thanks for supporting me. Thanks for giving me a salary or whatever. And so I want to say to you, thank you for giving me a salary. And it's been a generous salary, and I really appreciate it. And I want to say thank you. Uh, You know, I added up the amount that you've given me, and and I'm embarrassed by how much the church has given me. Over, You know, I remember the first time going into ministry and being paid for it, and I was like, this is weird. You know, so, so up to that point, all my life, I had done ministry for free. And it was felt like, you know, this is just what, what a Christian does. And all of a sudden, I'm being paid for it. it. It almost seems sacrilegious. Like, why are you giving me money for this? This is what I do out of my love for Christ and for his people. And now you're, it almost seems weird. But I'm thankful, nevertheless. <laughs> and it's been great that I can dedicate all my time uh, to the ministry. And, and I just love the fact that uh, I've been appreciated that way. And I very much want to say thank you. Thank you for supporting Jennifer and I financially. Um, Paul says that the gift made him very happy. He said, I rejoice in the Lord greatly because of your gifts and the support. Um, you know, but it's not only the support that you give me and my family and the other pastors that work here. I want to say thank you for being the most amazing congregation as far as financial giving that I know of. You see, Eastgate Alliance Church, in the 29 years that I've been here, has always given at least 10% of their donations to the Global Advance Fund. And not only that, they have also given dramatically to... Uh, Refugee support to uh, cr- um, crises that are happening around the world and, and to, uh, to the, the down and the destitute Project Egypt and stuff like this. Um, and I've added this up numerous times. It's a third of the giving that happens here goes to uh, relief work, missions work, 
and, and that kind of stuff. A third, this is not a church that goes like, oh, we need to make sure all our money, we need to keep all our money here in this church, make sure, you know, that our bills are paid. No, this generous. Thank you for being amazing. And Paul goes on, verse 7, this is what he says. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. <laughs> ditto for me, ditto for me. Whether I'm in chains or defending the, or confirming the gospel, okay, I'm not in chains for the gospel, praise the Lord for that. But all of you share in God's grace with me. This is awesome, you know, sharing in God's grace. We're all in this together. God has blessed all of us, and we all give together. And it's an awesome place to be. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. I don't know that I have the same amount of love as Jesus Christ has for you. Probably not. But I love you with the, amount, with the love that Christ has, loves me with. And I love you very much. And you're very dear to me, and I will never forget this congregation as long as I live, even if I go minister somewhere else. I will never forget this congregation. I'm not planning on that, by the way. But, you know, you never know what God, God's going to say. So, my dear friends, I love you. You will always be precious to me. You know, it says in this verse, uh, all of you share in God's grace with me. But you know what? You've been God's grace to me as well. And this is what I want to share with you about you being God's grace to me. You know, from a very young age, maybe 17 years old, I first walked up the aisle in my church to the front and dedicated my life to become a missionary for Christ. I felt called to cross-cultural ministry. I I took my my master's degree in cross-cultural missions And Jennifer and I planned to go to Venezuela for the bulk of our life. That was our goal and our vision and our passion. And I came to Eastgate Alliance Church to do my home service here. But there's certain complications that happened along the road. And we weren't accepted as missionary candidates. Uh, I, I don't want to go into those reasons. They're very personal and very dramatic. But... There was one other reason that was keeping us from being missionaries. I have dyslexia. (laughs) Uh, Learning another language is very, very difficult for me. And learning to write and read that other language is virtually impossible. I I just can't do it. Um, So I didn't know how, but I felt like God was going to work that out somehow. And so, thank you my dear Eastgate Alliance family, for being gracious to me and allowing us to do missions right here in Ottawa. And we became a kind of a missionary church in our own community. Thank you. That is awesome. And so in many ways, you fulfilled my calling to be a missionary right here in Ottawa. And I, I thank God that you accepted the vision that God put it on my heart for an international church, a church that would reach out cross-culturally and welcome other people from other lands, to have a church that had both uh, a, a, a kind of a unity in the body of Christ across different cultures, but also a church that, that focused on different cultural groups where the gospel could follow cultural lines, where people would come from from China or from 
from uh, the Philippines or, or from Eritrea or somewhere and find a group of people that spoke their own language and knew their own culture and would come to church for that reason alone. And God used that. And so, we, for, and so you have shared your sanctuary. You've shared this land. We've actually built another sanctuary on it. We didn't charge a penny for that. You shared that. You shared your space with other congregations. You, you know, so, sometimes, you know, people of Eastgate come to the church and they expect to use a room and they can't use that room. Why? Because there's another church in that room. And they're like, ugh. You know, and that's why we, we try to get everyone to go through Jennifer and book everything. But thank you for allowing other groups of people. Thank you for paying the salaries for people who don't even minister to you. Thank you for paying for the salary for, for the Spanish pastor and the French pastor. I don't know, maybe you didn't know you were paying for that, but you do. When you donate to our church, you're donating to these other people serving other congregations. Thank you for that shared vision. Uh, you know that Eastgate Alliance Church and the, and the community, the, the international community of Alliance churches is an inspiration to a lot of churches in our district. They just go like, look at that little church up in Ottawa. And look at, they, they've opened up their church to all these other cultures. And, and, you know, and other pastors come to me, hey, can you talk about your international ministry? Like, how does that work? And I'm like, Okay, sure, I'll share it with you. You know, it's something that God did. And I want to thank you for being cutting edge, you know, having a church that has uh, cultural churches in it and is a combination of different cultures. It's, it's very unusual. It's very cutting edge. Praise God for this unique model that you were a part of. And Paul ends his little talk with, with the Philippians with these words. He says, and this is my prayer. So he's been talking about praying for them with joy. And he says, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depths of insight, so that you might be able to discern what is best and be pure and blameless in the day of Christ Jesus, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ through the glory and praise of God. I love this prayer, and it's going to change the way I pray for you guys. You see, notice what he prays here. He doesn't pray for the things that I, I used to pray for you guys. You know, that you'd have the fruit of righteousness, that you would have pure and blameless, that you be, might be pure and blameless. You know, he doesn't pray those things. He doesn't pray that they be pure and blameless. He talks about being pure and blameless, but he doesn't pray for that. He talks about them being filled with the fruit of righteousness, but he doesn't actually pray for that. What does he pray for? Three things. Knowledge, depth of insight, and discernment. And you see, those things result in the fruit of righteousness. They result in being pure and blameless. But the prayer is for their understanding, for their concept of who God is and how much love they are. In Ephesians, Paul says, I pray that you would understand how deep and wide is the love of Christ for you. This is amazing. So it's my desire, my prayer, and maybe I'm going to just end. I had a story I was going to end with, but I'm way over time. So I'm just going to, going to pray for you guys uh, and just pray that these things would happen to us as a church. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much 
for Eastgate Alliance Church, Lord. I thank you for the impact it's made in this community, the impact it's made in this district and in the world. Lord, I thank you for the millions of dollars they've given towards missions. I thank you, Lord, for the heart of giving, the heart of helping the least of these, your brethren. Lord, I just love the way this church does that, and I thank you for them. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them. I pray, Lord, that they would have knowledge and depth of insight and discernment, Lord, so that they would know your love for them. Lord, I pray that each of the the members of this congregation would, would know the goodness of God and how the righteous behavior changes us. And so, Father, we pray that this knowledge would result in righteous behavior. So, Father, we pray that you would bless this church, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.